It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You may get beat because the other team's better than you are, but you should never lose a game because you weren't excited about it or weren't prepared and didn't create an edge. Today's Coaching Coordinator podcast is a segment from Lawrence First and Gold Clinic with head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, Coach Mac Brown. And Coach Mac Brown's talk was focused on creating an edge, and so he gets into, in this part, how do you create an edge on game day? How do you make sure your players are prepared? And he covers everything from the pregame talk to the halftime talk to coach responsibilities. So let's listen in, and uh, you can find the, the link to the entire talk in the show notes. My, my five years in TV, I saw so many teams that weren't ready to play. And you'd say, well, they blocked a punt. Well, they, they missed too many tackles. Well, they had too many turnovers. That's usually because you're not ready to play. You coach all those things, and you practice all those things, and you, you tell the kids every day. So if they're ready to play, they're not going to have those things. You may get beat because the other team's better than you are, but you should never lose a game because you weren't excited about it or weren't prepared and didn't create an edge. And that, that's really important. Uh, the other thing is uh, if something's not working in the game, change it. If you're sitting there and they're killing you in the running game, put more people at the line of scrimmage. Say, well, they may throw it over our head. I hope so. You'll get the ball back faster. They're killing you. They're killing the clock. They're eating up time of possession, and they're scoring every time they get it. Um, I, I was asked the other night with the Ohio State and, and Alabama game, and it, it was obvious that with those two teams that night, Alabama was going to win the game. And somebody on Fox, I was on one of those mega cast shows, and somebody on Fox said, um, if you're Ryan Day, what are you thinking? I, first thing I thought, so I'm, I'm getting ready for spring practice because this one's over. It was in the first half because he, he couldn't stop the run. He, he couldn't consistently run the ball. They were scoring too fast. So we got to be honest with ourselves. we got to be real. Uh, but if something's not working, change it. If, if you can't stop them without blitzing blitz, if, you, if you're huddling and it's not working, go no huddle. But change something up to change the pace of the game. Let's talk a little bit about uh, pregame talks and halftime talks, and, and um, then, then we'll, we'll get so we can start answering some of your questions. Um, the way you handle your team is, is so important. And we talked about creating an edge. That's important. But if you're, if you're at the national championship game, you got to read your team. We, our team had never hadn't been there in 35 years. 
So we were uptight. We're playing USC in, in the 06 national championship game. And they'd won the two previous national championships. They'd won 30 something straight games. Uh, we were a good team. We, we'd won a bunch of games in a row, but not as many as they had. So I was trying to figure out what to say. I hadn't been to the national championship game before. And, and um, so, so what do you say? You, you got to say something to pick them up. No, they're, they're already on edge. They're nervous. So what do you do? You got to settle them down and you got to make them laugh. So I'm in my room and I'm trying to figure out what to do. It was so crazy. And there were about 60 or 70,000 Texas fans at the, the Rose Bowl the night before. And our kids couldn't even walk through the lobby of the hotel without being stopped and pictures and autographs. And it was a huge distraction. So we actually moved to a different hotel where nobody knew where we were. I didn't even know where we were. We moved to the airport hotel at, at Burbank, which was about 20 minutes away and told the players not to tell their parents, not to tell anybody. And there was no one at this hotel except us. So it, it really helped us get our minds back into preparation for creating that edge for the game. And then in my room, I'm sitting there and I, I, I see um, Mike Riley come on and, and uh, our um, Riley, the, the head coach of the Lakers. Uh, and, and he says, uh, hey, we, we had three peats. We run three in a row. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and uh, we're going to see USC win three in a row. Well, I flipped that off because that was a whole show about USC going to win three in a row. Uh, and then I turned on a show, the Jerry Springer show. And um, as you start looking at the Jerry Springer show, I'd never seen it before. And it's crazy. And, and they, they have some crazy stuff going on. So I sat there and watched three of them in a row, three 30-minute shows. Uh, so it hit me what I should say. And, and I, I walked back into the team room. And as I was walking in, uh, all of the eyes are on me. Coaches, um, staff members student staff members and players. And I could tell they were needing some help. And that was my job. My job was to help them. So I, the first thing I said was, thank you. Thank you for getting us here. Because guys, this is about the players. This isn't about us. And the players are who got us to the national championship game, not the coaches. We, we got it and we helped, but we didn't play a snap. So thank you. Your, your, your parents are loving it. Our administration's loving it. Uh, our fans are loving it. Uh, the state of Texas is loving it. So thank you. Thank, uh, your coaches are having a blast. Uh, this is a wonderful experience for all of us because of you. So thank you. And the second thing I said is uh, um, I, I'm going to say something that, that's going to help change your life. It, it's it's going to make your life better. And it's also going to help you win this game in a minute. And they're all, I've got their attention now. They're looking at me very carefully. And I said, how many of you have ever seen the Jerry Springer show? And I laughed, but about everyone of them raised their hand. And I said, okay, I watched an hour and a half of Jerry Springer a few minutes ago, and I, I learned something that's going to help you. So I had them, they're all locked in. And I said, man, don't ever, don't ever take your girlfriend or your wife on the Jerry Springer show because it ain't good, brother. It ain't good. Refuse to go. They died laughing. And my comment was, yeah. That, that's what we're going to do. We, we, we came here to, to have fun. Uh, we're good enough to win this game. So, um, yeah, that, that's what we're going to do, man. We're, we're going to win the football game, but we need to be us. Don't start trying to be somebody we're not. Don't start trying to do too much. Um, and, and that was 
uh, what we needed to be that night. We, we, we needed to be us and have fun and not let it get too big. Because sometimes when it's too big, you've got to minimize it, bring it down, and let the guys enjoy it. And then we were, we were sitting there, and I was an offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And I learned maybe the best lesson I've ever learned in coaching. We're playing Kansas. Kansas is a really bad team. Uh, Mike Godfrey was the coach. We were number one in the country, and they were probably 65th or something. Uh, so our first quarterback's out. Danny Bradley sprained his ankle. Second quarterback had had something come up academically and he couldn't play. So we had this freshman that we were redshirting. His name was Troy Aikman. And um, it's the seventh game of the year. And we had to run, we had to use Troy's redshirt year. And Troy said, boy, coach, I, I really worry about throwing an interception. I hadn't played any. I don't know what to do. And I said, I don't worry about it. We're, we're going to beat Kansas regardless. So you're, you're going to be fine. Just go play and enjoy yourself. So we're, we're at the stadium, there's a rain delay, there's lightning, there's nobody there. We're in Lawrence, Kansas, and we sit there and, and we're down 10 to seven at halftime. And I walked in the locker room at halftime and I, I totally cussed out uh, our offensive team. And, and in the time that I was cussing them out, two or three different times, I said, uh, guys, you're, you're gonna lose the game. You keep playing like you're playing, you're going to lose the game. I'm going to tell you, you're going to lose the game because you just don't care. You're not locked in. we got a freshman quarterback. You're not even helping him. And I walked out of the room. Well, we lost the game because we, we got killed. I mean, it wasn't even close. They, they uh, returned a punt for a touchdown. Troy did throw an interception for a touchdown. I think it ended up like 33 to 14. So I'm on the plane going home and I'm, I'm feeling really bad and Coach Switzer comes and sits next to me, which was not comfortable at that time. And I looked at him and I said, Coach, I'm sorry. A number one team in the country shouldn't come in here and lose to Kansas. This is, this, this is embarrassing and I feel responsible. So I'm, I'm sorry. And he said, oh, Coach, it's okay. You, you lose your first quarterback, you're probably not going to win. You lose your second quarterback and you play on a third quarterback, no matter how good he is, and Troy is going to be great, but you're you're you're, you're probably going to lose the game. And if if not, your your defense has to really carry in. He said, we didn't play very well on defense, but he said, let me help you with something. These kids really respect you, and they, they really admire you, and they're going to listen to you. And you told them three different times at halftime they were going to lose the game. And they believed you. You, you convinced them. And I felt about this talk. I think that's the worst I've ever felt as, as, a, as a football coach. So the next week we're playing Kansas State. Uh, we're sitting in that same position at seven to three at halftime. Kansas State's not very good. We're just not playing well. Coach Switzer grabs me leaving the field and he said, hey, we're in great shape, right? Pick them up when they're down. We're going to win the game because the best team wins the game the longer the game goes. And he was so right. So we, we fast forward. This was 1984. We fast forward to 2004. We're playing Oklahoma State at, at, uh, in Austin when I'm at Texas. We're down 35 to seven with two minutes left to go in the first half. We drive down and score. So it, it's 35 to 14 uh, at the end of the first half. We get the ball to start the second half. As I'm walking off the field, I'm thinking they're probably going to fire me. They're, they're, they're booing us. Uh, it is not good. And we've got a good team, but, but we haven't played well. So I, I feel Coach Switzer on my shoulder saying, hey, when they're down, pick them up, man. 
when they're down, pick them up. You go in there and beat them down. Now they're just going to, they'll, they'll lay down and quit on you because they don't think you got a chance. So I walked into the staff and I said, uh, hey, what, what a first half for Oklahoma State. Those guys played great. Oh, my gosh. We played hard. We didn't play very good. But, guys, it's going to be the biggest upset in, in Texas football history. So, so we, we got to figure out how to do it. We got to flip it early. Um, walk in there and pick your guys up and let's go have some fun and, and win this game. So I walked back out to the team and I could see they were excited and their, their heads are up. And, and I said, Hey guys, uh, um, Oklahoma state played well the first half, but they were lucky in so many ways. We played hard. We didn't play great. Let's play great. This is a great opportunity for us to have the best comeback in the history of Texas football. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be cool. And then I wrote on the grease board, uh, 42, 35. I said, we're going to win the game 42 to 35. Well, we came out, absolutely killed them. And, and we ended up, uh, winning 56 to, to 35. So I apologized to the team in the locker room after the game and, and saying that, uh, uh, I didn't give you guys near enough credit. I, I should have understood that you were going to have a higher score. Well, uh, my granddad was the winningest high school football coach in middle Tennessee history. And I love my granddad. He, he's the probably the most important uh, mentor and role model in my life. And uh, uh, every, his, his daughter, my mother um, was real strong-willed. We, we've lost her now. She's still strong-willed in heaven, but uh, I would call her after every game. So I'd, I'd go talk to the, the radio. I'd talk to the team. I'd handle the media with a press conference. Uh, down there, you had Longhorn Network you had to do. And then after that, regardless of what time it was, I would call mother. And um, my mother was always really direct with me. And she loves her three sons, but uh, she would tell you what she thought. So I said, Mom, down 35-14 at halftime. What a halftime speech, huh? You, you think I didn't get them stirred up for that second half? And, and what a comeback win. And she said, well, if you'd given a, a better pregame talk, you wouldn't have had to be behind at halftime in the first place. So work on your pregame talk, and then you won't have to give those halftime talks. And, and, and Mother was right. Coach Brown finishes up talking about in-game responsibilities for coaches and the expectation that he has for assistance on game day. The most important thing for me is do your job. We're, we're don't, don't get out of your lane. We all, we all want to be cheerleaders during the game. The, the only thing I want coaches doing, pick them up if it's bad and keep your thumb on them. If it's, if it's good. Um, and, and we decide in our staff meetings every day, who's responsible for what, like, uh, Robert Gillespie, our running back coach and our special teams coordinator, Javon DeWitt decide, uh, uh we, we will always take the ball. Uh, normally, uh, if we're in a position where um, we, we win the, or excuse me, we'll, we'll defer if we win the toss to start the game, Robert and Javon have the responsibility to decide which way we're going to kick. They, they check the wind. They know. Uh, if that's going to change, we change that in a staff meeting during the week. Uh, but we're, we're not going to be in a position uh, where we would uh, change that uh, right before the game because three or four people came and said, hey, let's change it. I don't want people talking about things that, that are not in their wheelhouse. So I, if, if Phil Longo's calling plays, I don't want people talking on the phones while he's calling plays. 
that that discussion with the offensive staff happens immediately after the play is over before you go talk to your players. I want Jay Bateman, uh, if he has conversation on, on the, the phones as a defensive coordinator, I want it because he's asking people. Uh, I call plays a bunch. Uh, I can't stand the, the, uh, a lot of chatter on the phone about people trying to be cheerleaders or screaming or, oh, you shouldn't call that play. Who cares? Done. Gone. Uh, so uh, we have a, a, um, a very organized plan for each coach and what his game duties are, and then we ask him just to do that. There's some great advice from Coach Mac Brown, and I think timely as well as we head into the season. You've done a lot in camp. You've prepared your team in the classroom through walkthroughs on the practice field. Uh, you put together that first game plan. And so how do you create that edge on game day? And Coach shared a lot of great ideas there. Again, the entire talk is available on CoachTube. The link is in the show notes, as well as the code for this one, which you can save 50% on this course with the code CCPMAC. We're going to be flipping into our in-season mode here soon. We'll have some guest coaches uh, talking with me each day, focus on different topics and those series. Uh, you can expect those Monday through Friday throughout the season. They'll be shorter podcasts, but things that you're dealing with and can help you throughout the season. So be sure to look for that. And certainly anything that you're looking for, we've probably talked about it on the podcast already. Uh, if you're looking for something, if, if you have questions, if you want some thoughts from great coaches, shoot me an email, Keith at coachingcoordinator.com or DM me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. Uh, but continue to follow all we're doing here as we get into the 2021 season. Best of luck to you.